Awesome. Thank you, bro. <clears throat> What's up, fam? Hey, there we go. There we go. I was kind of hoping someone would say it before me, but no one did. So, but it's okay. I'll wallow in my own self-pity. What is up, fam? I am glad it's Sunday. Uh, as Pastor Chase said, uh, yeah, Pastor Stan is out there hunting the wild. And uh, look, I know I'm new to Idaho and all, but <clears throat> it only took me two days to have an unsuccessful hunt. I don't know why it's taken him a week. But at this point, I'm willing to say I'm a better unsuccessful hunter than him. So uh, I think that's okay for me to say. Uh, he takes jabs at me all the time. I'm just a better unsuccessful hunter than he is. With my pink gun, I don't care. Uh, pink camo all the way, right? Pink, pink, pink gun, don't care. I, I'm all in. Uh, but anyways, if you don't know, uh, this is a special week uh, for um, Kristen and I and our two kiddos. Uh, today, this Sunday specifically, marks 52 weeks that Kristen and I have been in Idaho, um, serving on staff here at Change Life Church. And it has been awesome. Let me tell you, it has been quite the ride, so much fun. Uh, you guys are an amazing, amazing community and a group of people uh, that have just taken us in over the past year. And my wife and I and our kiddos are so grateful and so thankful for all the relationships that we have and are continuing to build with everyone. Uh, just thank you so much uh, for taking us in. Uh, you are an amazing, amazing church body. And so um, as, as we get into this, I'm gonna use this uh, kind of as the start of my sermon is that uh, we were serving at churches all through California, uh, Northern, uh, Central California area, the Bay Area, uh, down in SoCal. Um, so if you don't know, uh, if you're new today or something, uh, my wife and I were refugees from California. Um, we escaped just in the nick of time, uh, 52 weeks ago. And uh, God has been very grateful, or very, not very grateful. God is, I am very grateful for who God has been in our lives. God, God doesn't wake up and go, I am so grateful for Stevie Nicks. Like, that is not how it works. I am grateful for him uh, and his love towards our family and his mercy, his grace, everything. Uh, it has just been absolutely amazing. Um, but as we were tra about to transition to Idaho to move here, um, Idaho, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like super honest with you guys. Like, I, I never woke up like, 12 years ago, it was like Idaho. Like it just, it was never in my sights. Like I'm not gonna sit up here and like pretend that I knew one day we'd be living in Idaho. Kristen and I, when we got married, we just determined in our hearts, uh, you know what, we're gonna serve God today. I don't know what tomorrow looks like, but when tomorrow comes, I'm gonna serve him that day too. I'm just going to wake up, I'm going to serve him, and I'm just going to continue on that pattern uh, for my life. And, and as we look at the story that we're gonna look at today, you're gonna see that Doing life is all about focusing on his kingdom, right. following his plan, following his will, because you may not know the next step. You see, I, I think that's part of finding your purpose is what is my next step? We would say uh, as, as Christian folk or as Christian language, we would say, I don't know what my next step is, what God has for me. It doesn't matter if you know or not, because today you just need to serve him. Amen. You just need to say, today I'm going to wake up and I'm going to serve him. I got an extra hour of sleep. I'm going to serve him even better, right? Amen. And tomorrow, on when Monday comes, it's not going to be the mundane Monday. No, I am going to serve him wholeheartedly on Monday. And then when Tuesday comes, guess what? No surprise, I'm going to serve him. Amen. And, then gonna, and then Wednesday comes, I'm going to serve him. I'm going to come into midweek because it's important to be around the church body. I'm going to get here. Even if it's hard, even if it's challenging, I'm going to get here because I'm going to serve him today. And that way, when Thursday comes, I've got a routine going on. And when Friday comes, I've made a habit. That way, when I get into the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, you better believe I'm getting ready for church. And I am serving God all the while. You see, I think serving him is the purpose. Serving him is 
the point. You may not know the next step, just like I didn't know Idaho was our next step, but I woke up every day and said, today I will serve him. Today I will give him my all, I will give him my heart, and he will lead you to the places of green pasture because he's a good shepherd. And I believe, and, and I think Christians would say this with me, we've never felt so at home in a church before. We've been on staff at four or five churches, and I can say honestly with all of my heart and with full confidence, I have never felt so at home before, except for when I'm with you guys, except when I'm in this room with this, these people because you guys are amazing. That's a testament to who you are. It's a testament to who Pastor Stan is and, and to Chris and the culture that they have set up here in this church to serve people, to love people, and we have never felt so at home. But I'm not gonna lie, it's, it was never in my sights. But God had a plan. God had a will. You can call it destiny, you can call it whatever, because I know it's the will of God. And so the story we're gonna look at today, like I said, is all about serving his kingdom. And so Jesus ends up saying this in Matthew 25. He says, for the kingdom of heaven is like this, or the kingdom of God is like this. It's like a man about to go on a journey who called his own slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. To one, he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability. Everyone say own ability. And then he went on his journey. Three weeks ago now, Pastor Stan started a new series called Adventure Awaits. I believe that for every single one of us, God has an amazing adventure prepared and planned for us to walk through, to walk down, to enjoy, to struggle with. God has an adventure for you. I believe that for every single one of us. I also believe this, that you were created on purpose for a purpose. You were created on purpose and for a purpose. About 10 years ago, Chris and I came on staff, or 11 years ago, oh my gosh, it's been a while. We came on staff at a church in Antioch. Uh, It's a city on the east side of the Delta, the Bay Area of San Francisco and Oakland. And we were serving on staff. They're actually uh, John and Sonny, uh, the guy who played drums this morning. He was actually serving at that church. He was our drummer back then too. And uh, he moved to Idaho a couple years before God spoke to him first. And, um, (laughs) And when we moved here, we're like, bro, you live here. And we're like, let's do dinner. You want to play drums? Like it was awesome. So um, we just kind of roped him in uh, because we love him and know him and Sonny so well, but uh, we love them, appreciate everything they do for us as a church here too. Um, But we were on staff at that church there. And I remember I sat down in my office one day, we had been on staff for Chris, I want to say, what was it like a month, maybe a month and a half. And Kristen comes barging in my office. It said, Pastor Stevie on the nameplate. Excuse me, you can knock, right? She came bar, oh, she says our office. No, it was my office. There was no Christian's name on that office uh, kiosk, but that's okay. And so I'm sitting at my desk one day and I was, I was typing something. I don't know if I was writing a sermon or I, I don't, whatever I was doing, I was writing something. And she throws four pregnancy tests on my desk, basically right at me, like on my, at my face, everything. And they just hit the desk. And the first thing I thought was, you had to buy four? These things are expensive. Like, what are you doing, right? I do the budget in the house. That was my first thought. I'm just being honest this morning, sorry, those things are a little crazy expensive, okay? Anyways, I was like, one would have been fine, two is like, okay, I understand, but four? It's like, my gosh, right? Like, are we having quadruplets? Like, what's going on here? I don't know. And so she throws these down, and I do what every man would do. They're negative, right? They're negative, right? Our our kid is like four months old. These are negative, right? Uh, No, they were all four positive. And thus we have Riker, my son. And uh, I'm going to be real with you. Like, that was not the time for us to be like, hey, this is perfect baby time. Like, new city, new jobs. 
new baby already. Like we're still learning, trying to teach Tatum to like, you know, drink milk when we give it to her in a bottle. Like we're just, we're still there, right? And uh, there's not the time for baby number two to come. And I remember having these thoughts and I'm sure you've been there as a parent where you just sit there and go, oh, uh, this is our accident child, right? <laughs> it was a little crazy. And uh, yeah, we got a baby out of it, right? Like, we all know how babies are made. Don't act like, okay, come on. We're all here because of it. So let's just be comfortable, okay? Anyway, so a baby's there and we're like, oh my gosh, right? And I remember telling people, yeah, this is Riker. He's our accident. This is, he's our accident child. And I, I think it's, it's funny. Like as parents, we kind of joke that way. However, I think of my son in his position. See, my parents never said, Stevie, you're the accident child. I was just a middle child. I don't think they knew my name, but <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. If you're the middle child, <laughs> holler, right? So yes, there's a couple of you. You're real people, I love them. So the people that have been forgotten and deserted their whole lives, please give the middle child a hug today, okay, on their way out. But <clears throat> I remember just sitting there and I would call my son the accident. But then I started to put myself in his shoes. Would I really want my dad and my mom calling me an accident? Right? right? Because I, because I, no, heck no, techno. Like, no way. I'm not going to call my son an accident. So I remember when he was like, I don't know, one or two. It was probably a week ago. And I was like, I'm going to call him an accident. I'm just kidding. It was a while ago. And I was like, I'm not going to call him an accident anymore. Like Kristen and I, we, we joke, but we are serious. We want to raise kids who don't have to recover from their childhood. Right? That's like what we want to do is send them on their way at 18 and be like, we did it. Let's go to Paris. Right? So, um... <clears throat> We, we just don't want them to struggle through life because we failed as parents, right? We don't want them to have to recover from our mistakes or our mishaps. And I, I caught one when he was one or two years old. And I was like, no, I'm not calling him an accident anymore because I'm never gonna let him grow up at 13 thinking my mom and dad think I'm just the accident, right? And no, no, I want my son to know that he was meticulously crafted and formed by the God of creation who formed him in his mother's womb and has called him by name. And his name means stubborn. I don't know why we chose that name, but he's still called by name, okay? And he's never going to grow up with a thought in his mind, oh, I'm just the accident. Maybe you grew up and your parents joked. Introduce me to your parents so I can hit them. I'm just kidding. But no, no, today, I, th I think you just kind of need to shake that off. If that's your mindset, if that's in your thought processes, you need to take that thought captive and cast it far away from you as the east is from the west. You are not an accident. You, just like my son and me and my wife and all of us in this room, you were meticulously crafted by the God of creation. Amen. He formed you for a purpose. He created you for a purpose. And he has something great for you on an adventure of life. Adventure awaits just for you, but you've got to get the thought out of your mind that you are an accident. You are no accident. Turn to your neighbor and say, I am no accident. Turn to the other neighbor next to you that you don't like as much and say, I'm no accident. Right? But no, I, I, we need to know that today. That we are created on purpose. We are created for a purpose. And we as Christians, sometimes we struggle to find this purpose. Be, let's be real here. Right? We, we sit here, Scott, pay attention. Right? This is youth group now. Okay? <clears throat> and we, we struggle to find this purpose in life. And we think, what is my next step? What does God have for me? God, what am I doing? And we complicate it. We make it way more complicated than it really is. All right, I'm going to give you away everything, okay, of my entire sermon in the first few minutes here. But it, stop sitting there and making it complicated. Amen. It is extremely easy. It is extremely easy to find out what your purpose is. I'm going to tell you your purpose in just a moment. But don't make it complicated. One of the ways we make it complicated is we think that purpose is a destination. We think that purpose is just once I arrive to something. Let me tell you right now. You will never arrive to your purpose. 
you will always arise to your purpose. You You will always arise to your purpose. You will never arrive there. All throughout the Bible. I don't, pick any story. Pick any story. I don't, you can pick judges. I don't care if you pick the story of Paul. I don't care if you pick any story in the entire Bible. It is all people who just said, today I will serve Jesus. A problem came their way and they arose to the occasion. All throughout the Bible, especially in the book of Judges. You see like crazy things happening. The all of Israel has said, oh, we're not going to serve God anymore. We're going to serve this Baal and it's going to be awesome. This, this fake cow that we just made out of gold, that is our God. And they, they're like, we're going to serve this thing. All throughout the Bible, you see this in the Old Testament. That's why God said, I need Christians. Okay, but anyways, I'm just kidding. Right, but all throughout the Bible, and then like out of the boondocks, someone comes up on the scene and is like, hey, but God said this and saves the day. They arose to the occasion. They didn't arrive to a destination. They arose to a problem to solve. You and I, I'm willing to say this every single day. I think you and I have opportunities, occasions to arise to with your spouse, with your family, with your kiddos, with your workplace, with your boss, with your employees, if you're a manager. I think every single day you have an occasion that is given to you. Are you arising to that occasion? You're maybe not arriving to it. No, 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 you're not arriving. You're arising to the occasion. I think Christians should be some of the best problem solvers on God's green earth. We should be rising to the occasion all the time. We've got the Holy Spirit of the living God inside of us. We have got to be people who arise to the occasion. But there's a problem with this because there's a flip side. You will never rise to a level higher than your preparation. You'll You'll never rise to a level higher than what you prepare for. I'm sure you've heard this phrase, especially if you are a manager, um, but you've heard this phrase, most likely. Failure to plan is planning to fail. I can't tell you how many times as a pastor, I've gone into an event, uh, as a youth pastor into an event, Pastor Chase probably relates to this, right? And you you step into a room and you're like, everyone's gonna know what to do. Like, this is what we're gonna do. I don't have to tell anybody. I don't need to prepare that way. This is what we're gonna do. And everyone's just going to already mentally know what I want them to do. I can't tell you how many times I've walked into an event and hopefully by now I've learned prepare because I have walked into events totally unprepared and I have watched those events totally fail again and again and again. If an event ever fails here, uh, that's fine. Just blame Pastor Stan. Uh, I'm just kidding. Because he's not here right now. Exactly. I can say that. But no, seriously, like how many events or how how many things have you walked into and you've planned to prepare for it and you've watched that thing turn south real quick. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Failure to plan is planning to fail and you will always only rise to the level of your preparation. And Jesus is explaining the story and we're told, hey, they were given a certain amount according to their abilities. The five, the two, and the one. And the guy who had received one talent had not shown the level of preparedness to the guy who received two because they received them according to their abilities. And the guy who received five talents obviously showed the master, hey, I've prepared and I can do more and better than them. Not in a rude way, but the master had saw that. He said, hey, this guy's prepared. I'm gonna give him five talents. I'm gonna give this one two and I'm gonna give this one one according to their ability. See, I think everyone in this room, let me me explain it to you this way. A talent is a sum of money. you can Google this and you can find a million different reasons on why a talent is a dollar or a million dollars. It's insane. But the, the, the explanations that I got, I was just like, oh my gosh. So today, to me, in this church service, a talent is $1 million, okay? 
because I don't know the exact amount of a talent and really I don't care about that fun fact. So a talent is a million dollars, okay? So for the manager or the, the master to come by and say, I'm gonna give you $5 million, gives the next guy $2 million and the next guy $1 million, you had better believe I would be the guy saying, I wish I was there, I got five. Would you agree? Right, you're gonna go to the principal's office and he's gonna hand out checks. Do you want five million or one million? It's your call. Yeah. All of us in this room would say, yeah, I want the five million, right? I wanna do what that guy does. My question today though is, are you willing to do what he did in order to do what he does? I think it's highly important that we look at the preparedness of our heart. Am I prepared today for the obedience that God is going to ask of me? Am I prepared today to serve him? See, I'm willing to do what he does, but am I willing to do what he did to do what he does? I feel like Jack Sparrow explaining something, right? That's a mind twister. I get it. But no, seriously, am I willing to do what that guy who received five talents, am I willing to do what he did to show the master he's worthy of $5 million that does not belong to him? Am I prepared that way? Am I showing that? Just like you prepare for your career, the training, the coaching that you do, the growing that you do, we need to train ourselves in following God. We need to work at it. We need to go after it and say, today, you know what? I don't know if I can obey God in something great, but God, would you give me something small to obey you in today? Can I learn your voice and learn obedience? Would you, would you ask me to do something today that maybe is small? Maybe it's a one talent type of thing because at one point, the guy who received five talents could have been the guy receiving one. We don't know that. We don't know for sure. But all we know is that he had shown the master he's ready to go after it. And so I think it starts with baby steps. I think it starts with saying, God, would you give me something today that I can obey you in? You know my capacity. You know my ability, God. Would you speak to me today so that I can obey you, even if it's something small? Now, let me tell you this. I'm gonna give away my entire sermon. Here it is. Your purpose is to tell others about Jesus. Amen. And your purpose is to serve people. That's it. How you do so is your choice. Where you do so is your choice. But your purpose will never leave the gospel. Never. Your purpose will always be involved around the gospel, but you get to set the scene. Whether you're like Scott, you're a safety manager at a facility, or whether you're a doctor, or whether you're a teacher, or whether no matter what you are, or what your profession is, you set the scene, but your purpose is the gospel. Your purpose is to love the people around you, to care for the people around you, and to preach Jesus Christ. God needs your vocal cords. He needs you to speak up. He needs you to speak out and say, you know what? This is what God says. This is what his word says. I don't mean in a condemning way. I believe that if someone is not a Christian, it's not our job to correct them. Why would I clean a fish before I've caught a fish? Kind of impossible to do. My job is to love people. And my job is to declare that Jesus loves them too. That is the point. That is the purpose of our lives. I just give away my entire sermon right there. Your purpose is to preach Jesus and to serve the people around you. So we see these three men today. One is given five talents, another is given two, and the final one is given the one talent, and the master leaves on his journey. Continue on in Matthew 25. It says, immediately the one who had received the five talents went and traded with them and gained five more talents. In the same manner, the one who had received the two talents gained two more. But he who received the one talent went away and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. So remember, Jesus is talking about how the kingdom of God works here. 
And he obviously is, is the master in the story, and we are the slaves, the servants. That's who we are. Don't take it offensively or the wrong way. Again, it's just a metaphor. Jesus is explaining, I speak, you do. That's how this works, okay? And so Jesus, as the master, hands out his talents or his gifts, his abilities to us, but it is our job to put them to work. So here we go, three points, and then I'll get out of here because I know the only thing between you and lunch is me, so let's do this thing, chicken wing, okay? In living your purpose, we must stop comparing. We've got to stop looking to the left and to the right and how good someone is at something. Let me tell you right now, it does not say this in the Bible, but being a human and all, you get called to the principal's office and he's starting hands out checks. And I see someone get five million bucks. The next guy gets two million and I'm seeing a trend. And then I get one. I'm still gonna be happy. I got a million bucks, but... Man, I sure am going to look at their pile of money and go, five million looks better than one million. I tell you, human satisfaction is never satisfied. There's always a greed and a desire for more. That is just human behavior, okay? So it doesn't say this in the Bible. It doesn't even allude to it. But being a human, I think I can speculate in a healthy way here that you know what? There's probably a little bit of comparison going on in that room that day. That one who received the one talent looking over going, man, this isn't fair. Well, why does he get five? Why does he get two? And I get one? I get the smallest amount? I, I can imagine there's a little bit of jealousy, a little bit of envy going on in this room this, this day as these three guys are sitting there. But the master says, I'm gonna give this to you according to what I think you're capable of, according to what you've shown me and how prepared you are. And if you're gonna rise to the occasion or not, here's what I think you can handle. Five, two, and one. And I only get one while the other guy gets five and two. Yeah, you better believe there's going to be a little jealousy and maybe even a little doubt in myself. Like, what, if, what have I not shown him? But what, what have I not been doing? What have I not created as a healthy habit in my life to show Jesus that I'm ready to go to work for him? What, what, what am I not doing here? What, what am I not involved in? It's the word immediately. We're going to get to this in a minute here. But immediately, the one who received five and the one who received two got to work. While the other one, he took it and he's literally answering the question of what have I not done to receive that much as he goes and he hides this thing. And he digs a hole. This is very common in ancient times. You dig a hole in your living room and you, you put your stuff in there that's valuable and you cover it up and then you have a little rug and you cover it. They didn't have safes back then, okay? You can't be like, uh, 19, 23, 67, boom. It doesn't work that way. They didn't have that technology back then so they would dig a hole in their living room. And that's just where they hid their cool stuff. We talked about this also with the story of Achan a few months ago, how they, he hid stuff under his tent. This is a very common thing to do. So he's taking what has been entrusted to him and he's just hiding it and putting it away. And, and he's sitting there and he's probably comparing himself to someone else. Let me tell you right now, comparison is one of the most life-sucking diseases any human can endure. Amen. Comparison will just take all the joy and satisfaction right out of your life. Just look at social media. I got some friends on social media and they're just, you ever those friends you're like, they're just cool. Like, I just wish I could be cool like them, right? Anybody have anybody like this? Am I the only person in this room that compares to other people? Great. So I'm alone in this today. Um, but I was looking at pictures and they were like, yeah, in Bali. And then like a week later, hanging out in Europe or in Germany. And I was just like, this guy. Not only is he super cool, but obviously my life sucks. Like, oh my gosh, like... Bali and then Germany a week later, like, geez, man, like, 
how do I get that gig? Like, what do I got to do? Like, that's awesome, right? Comparison just sucks the life out of everything going on, right? I say, I'd rather live here in, in Kuna uh, with my five things to do on a Sunday afternoon um, rather than go to Europe because I'm content with the life God has given me. Amen. I don't want to compare to someone else. But let, me, let me illustrate it this way, okay? We as Christians, sometimes we think, oh, at, at church, let's put it in church. Okay, let's talk perspective here. In church, we show up and we're like, oh, they got volunteers in that area. There's people volunteering over there. So looks like I got enough volunteers. I probably don't need to offer my gift as we hide it and dig it a hole in our living room and hide it from everybody, right? Rather than show them and saying, hey, I have something that's available. I have something, I, I can help with this. But then the next thought is the moment we step into that arena and we say, hey, I make this available. The next thought that comes is, well, I can't do it as good as them. So why should I try? Well, they're, they're better than me, so maybe I shouldn't offer this. Maybe I should take this talent and hide it back in my tent again and never make it available. Maybe I should hide it here. Let, let me bring it home a little bit more and tell a, a, a true story here. True story. Everyone say true story. true story. I, Stevie Nicks, am willing to say this. I am the worst guitar player on this worship team. Hands down. Like, I'm not saying that to be like, oh, he's so humble. No, no, no. Like, legit, I am probably, not probably, I am the worst guitar player that steps on this stage every week. Out of all the guitar players we have, we got quite a few of them. Torn, where you at? Torn, Torn, come here. I need your help, Torn. Torn, don't, don't be shy. Get up here. Yes, use those feet that God gave you. Yes. <clears throat> right, so... I am the worst guitar player, hands down. I'm not trying to be humble or be like, no, like, really, he's a good guy. No, like... I suck. I don't know if you heard my huge mistake today. That was me, right? That happens like 17 times in each song. This is Torin. Torin is 17, right? You're 17? Yeah. Yeah. I hate this guy. Uh, he's 17. <laughs> this dude plays guitar licks and lead lines that I can't imagine playing in like 10 years. 10 years from now, when I'm like 43, trying to play these guitar lines that he already plays at 17, right? He does stuff that I can't even imagine trying to do. So if I show up next, are you playing next Sunday? Good, we're gonna put you front stage right here, okay? So if I show up next Sunday and I listen to how he plays guitar and I compare that to how terrible I'm playing over on this side of the stage, right? If I do that, I would never wanna get back on this platform again to play and serve under my wife on this worship team. Because all I'm doing is comparing myself to an ability that I don't have. You want me to play rhythm guitar? Man, I can play a C2 ring like there's no tomorrow, right? You know, if you're a musician, you know what a C2 is, right? If you're not a musician, just bear with us as we go through this, okay? Meanwhile, I'll play that chord while Torin will be like, and I'm just like, great. Here's my C2, right? Like I'm contributing to the band, right? Give Torin a round of applause. This guy's awesome. Love him so much. Seriously appreciate him. He's amazing. Um, he's got great, great plans and things that he wants to do, dreams, and we are so excited to be able to serve alongside you and, and torn any way that we can pour into you. That's what we want to do. Uh, I don't say that because it's on our platform. I say that because we truly, truly mean it. We love you, bro. Um, but you got to stop comparing to the next person. It's not about how well someone else does and how poorly you do. Did you make it available is the question. Did you make it available? Did you offer it to him? Right? I may not be the best guitar player, but I am going to offer the gift. I'm going to say, God, it's yours. Right? And, and me, I, I'm the, the, the music director. That's my cool title. Right? And so this microphone, actually, it's not for me to sing. Trust me, you do not want Stevie Nicks to sing in this church. At least this Stevie Nicks. Right? That, that is for me to talk to the band 
and tell the band, hey, we're going to, Kristen will give a signal like, hey, build or go down or, hey, we're going to repeat that chorus. And I'll tell the band, hey, we're guys, here's what we're going to do. Bring it down, build it up or follow Kristen here, uh, whatever it may be. So that's what my microphone does. If you're ever wondering, it's not for me to sing, don't want to sing, right? And half the time in the middle of a worship set, a guitar player like a Torin or an Eli or a Chase um, will do something. I'll go, oh, bro, that was sick. I'm like, hold on. We're in worship right now. Stop. But because I'm just amazed at the ability that they have and they are offering it back to God. And I can't help but go, whoa, that sounded awesome. Dude, that was, it happened today in both services. Eli did something. I was like, bro, Eli, that was sick. Continue on. C2. There it is. Right? I got it. I got it. I'm there. I'm home. Right? But it's, it's I, I'm, because I'm not going to allow myself to compare. I'm just going to contribute and make myself available. Amen. It's not about being the best. It's not about being amazing and people flaunting over you and you boasting in your gifts. It's about offering it back to Jesus. And when you compare, the best you'll ever be is second. I love what Donnie Moore says. So why die a copy when you can be an original? That's who I want. I want to be who God created me, Stevie Nicks, to be. Let's continue on with the story. He says, now, not long after the, the the time of the master of those slaves had come and settled accounts with that, with them. The one who had received the five talents came up and brought five more talents, saying, Master, you entrusted five talents to me. See, I've gained five more. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You are faithful with the few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Also, the one who had received the two talents came up and said, Master, you entrusted two talents to me. See, I've gained two more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. See, the second thing that we've got to do, if we want to fulfill and live our purpose, we've got to, number two, develop a healthy work ethic. We have got to develop a healthy work ethic. Let me tell you right now, work ethic is not something you are born with. If your child is born with work ethic, send them to my house. I got plenty of yard work, okay? But no one is born with work ethic. That is something that you coach and train and develop in yourself. You've got to catch that. You've got to be the one. No one can sit there and say, this is how hard you need to work. No, you have to be the one to arise to that level that is needed and work hard, right? When I was 16, I got my first real job. Now it was at a restaurant. Um, We don't have this restaurant in Idaho, um, but I think one day we will hopefully very soon. Uh, I'll tell you what it was in just a minute, but I remember working this job and really into the local community. When you work at this place, you're like royalty. Um, no, I'm, I'm serious. Like I would drive down the highways and people would move out of the way because they knew Stevie's going to work. He needs to get, his job is more important than my job. They knew that. I was, I was 16 years old. They knew this 16 year old needs to get to work. They, they just knew, right? Common people were as peasants to me, really. And so, <clears throat> um, <laughs> I would go to grocery stores and people would beg, let me buy your groceries today. I'd go to the donut shop and people would buy my donuts for me. They just knew, right? Why? I worked at In-N-Out. Yeah. It was awesome. Free food. It was amazing. You should have seen the amount of French fries I could put down. Oh yeah. I could put a French fry down. I could put a mean In-N-Out hamburger down like that. Okay. Mm, no, not a number two, a double-double animal style, both type of onions, chopped chilies, and spread on the opposite side instead. Oh, my gosh. Oh, praise break. Thank you, Lord, for in and out So, anyways, I'm sitting there, and, and I'm working in and out and it, they were serious. Two interviews. Well, a fast food restaurant, right? You can basically walk into Taco Bell right now, and they'll be like, hey, here's a shirt, here's a hat. I was just coming to get lunch. No, you're working the line, bro. Like, that's basically it now, right? 
But back when I was 16, it was two interviews to work in and out. You, you went in for your first one, and then the level one manager, who's basically the GM, would also interview you, and he would tell you, hey, you're either in or you're out. And um, I remember he sat down, and he goes, okay, his name was Chris. And he goes, bro, our minimum wage is like $7.25. He's like, but I'm not going to pay you minimum wage because I don't want your minimum effort. I'm going to pay you to work hard. I'm going to pay you to smile. And if you can't keep up, your time here will be short. They were serious. I remember one day I walked in, I was like, guys, where's Jimmy? They're like, no, don't talk about Jimmy, bro. He's gone. <laughs> don't talk about Jimmy. Chris does not want to hear the name Jimmy right now. Right? It, was, it, was, it was an amazing, amazing time. But it taught me something. It taught me work ethic. It taught me to go and earn my paycheck. Amen. Hey, you want that thing that comes every two weeks? Get down, scrub those floors, make it clean because we have got to look amazing and we've got to do amazing work for our customers. Amen. See, Chick-fil-A, they over there saying, oh, my pleasure. No, 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 no. Chick-fil-A is second best to in and out And then it's third best to Raising Cane. So just, I'm just saying, and I, made, I, look at, I just made all the Christians mad. Like, don't be talking on my Chick-fil-A like that. Oh, I did, right? No. I'm just, I'm just, three interviews. <laughs> the Lord rebuke you. So anyways, um, he said three interviews for Chick-fil-A. God is good, right? But anyways, we, we've got to have a work ethic. We've got to go after it, right? My manager told me, bro, if you don't work hard, you ain't going to survive here. They were serious. Let me tell you right now, hard work is the fuel to the engine of purpose in your life. If you want to get after something, you want to feel like you have purpose, work hard. Get after it every day. See, that's why I love going to the gym. I love going to Berserker right over here because, man, I train, I work out, I go after it. So that way when I'm in an office and I'm doing paperwork, I can think, man, if I can put my body through that, I can put my mind through this. I am going to work hard. I am going to stress myself out, not, not wear myself out, but I'm going to put some elbow grease on and I'm going to work hard. I'm going to get after it. You see, we see the guys, that five and two talent dudes and it says immediately they went to work. They didn't wait for it. They didn't wait for a sign. They didn't wait for God to speak. They waited for the master to come back with a to-do list. They got a gift and they immediately went and worked. That's you and I. You've been handed gifts. You've been handed a talent. You've been handed an ability. Are you putting it to work today? Are you going after and saying, God, I'm making this available to you. And what's so amazing here. What I love so much about the guy with the five and the dude with two, one now, humanly speaking and logistically speaking, one now has 10 and the other has four. But they both get the same exact reward. They both doubled, yes, but that's regardless of the point. The point is they went to work and they received the same exact reward regardless of how much they brought back. They didn't bring back both 10. They didn't both bring back six. They both brought back 10 and four, totally different amounts. One is less than half of what the other has, yet they both get the exact same reward. Enter into the joy of your master. You got a promotion. I think we all love promotions, right? If you've gotten a promotion before, you know it's because you worked for it. You earned it. You worked your way up the ladder. And you said, I have earned a, a, a promotion. That's ex exactly what happened here. Are you working in a way to gain a promotion? You've been given gifts. Are we putting it to work? Let's get this thing wrapped up here. It says, and the one who had received the one talent came up and said, master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. I was afraid. I went away and I hid your talent in the ground. See, you can have what is yours. 
But his master answered and said to him, you wicked, lazy slave. If you knew where I reaped, where I did not sow and gather where I scattered no seed, then you ought to have put my money in the bank. And on my arrival, I would have received my money back with interest at least. Therefore, excuse me, therefore take the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10 talents. For to everyone who has more shall be given and he will have an abundance. But the one who does not have, even what he does have shall be taken away. Throw out the worthless slave into outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's a severe punishment. Would, would you agree? Yeah. Two of them are told, hey, enter into the, come to my house. Let's have dinner. Yeah. Two of them are rewarded greatly. Mm. One of them is thrown out into the outer darkness with weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's a very harsh punishment. Mm. But don't be lazy. Exactly. Don't be lazy. That, that's what, what we're getting at here. Yeah. When, when we're lazy, when we're reluctant to serve God, that's the reward that awaits us. And I say reward because he earned it. Amen. It's what he earned by taking what God had given him and putting it away, putting it aside. Step it over here. That's all good. Leave it there. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to hide it under my tent. That's my safe. And no one sees it. No one knows about it. No one's going to steal it. And, I, and when the master comes back, I can just give it back to him. Hey, man, here, here, have what's yours. There it is. And you look at this and you go, dude, it all happened because he said, master, I knew you to be a hard man, that you, that you reaped where you didn't sow and that you, you harvested where you scattered no seed. And I was afraid. There it is. I, w- I was afraid. Why? Because I think that you're a guy who reaps where you don't sow and harvests where you, got, where you scatter no seed. So I, I'm afraid. His view of God held him back from the reward that God had for him. Number three, if you want to fulfill your purpose, you've got to have a correct view of who God is. Otherwise, all you have is fear inside of you, a reluctancy and a a lack of desire to take the risk. And what's so sad here is that out of these three guys, he had the smallest risk to take. See, this guy's a businessman. This master, he's a businessman. If he's got $8 million to give to three dudes... One, he needs to be my friend. And number two, he understands business. He obviously has the money, a money-making machine, apparently, to be able to hand out these gifts to people and to say, hey, here, you're responsible for this, you're responsible for this. As a businessman, I would say this guy understands profit loss. If you have own your own business or you understand or you do the financials of a business, you understand profit loss. You understand that there are months where you make money and there are months where you lose money. And man, the months where you lose money, it's just like, oh, man, right? But the months you make money, it's like, yeah, right? It's like all exciting and happy, right? But as a business person, you understand that and you really accept it. You have to. Otherwise, you won't be in business much longer because you'll stop taking the risk for a profit, which means you will only experience a loss. So this businessman, this master, he understands this. He knows I'm going to give five talents to this dude, two to this guy, and one to this guy. It's $8 million. I'm going to hand it out. He took a big risk. But he said if if one of them would just go out there and get a little bit of profit, hey, it's going to be worth it. Go get some profit. Go go do this. I'm putting you responsible for it. Let let me see your profit loss summary at the end of this trip, and we'll we'll settle the accounts and see how it went. But he's giving out tasks to them, right? And he's giving out and saying, hey, here's what you're responsible for. God is giving you responsibility. And at the end of our days, we will give a profit loss summary. Amen. God, you gave me this. You entrusted this to me. Here's what I did with it. I either worked with it or I hid it in my tent. 
And we see the punishment for hiding it. And we see the reward for using it. I want to be someone who uses it. I want to use what God has entrusted to me. Again, if your purpose is to tell other people about Jesus, then we need to know who Jesus is. We've got to have a correct view of who he is. We've got to understand his heart. See, it was was fear from an incorrect thought pattern that held him back from taking the risk with the money. I want to be someone who knows who Jesus is. How can I tell a world about a loving Savior if I don't know this loving Savior? And again, he had the smallest risk to take. You got $1 million. This guy's got five. If you lose a buck and he loses $3 million, who do you think the master's going to be more mad at? The attention's going to go, hold on, $3 million is missing? Right? That's where the attention is going to go. But when you do nothing with it, right, we, we deal with the consequence of that decision, whether good or bad. But let's look back on human history for just one second, can we? I, I think of Veterans Day, and we have compelling stories of courage, strength, victories, war victories, whatever it may be. I think of World War II. I, I am a World War II history fanatic. I love looking into World War II See, we would never hear of these amazing stories if a man or a woman was unwilling to take the risk. I think of the beaches at Normandy and the risk that our soldiers, our troops took. Say, hey man, we're gonna go in there and we're gonna stop this. Enough is enough, we're going after this. But if the risk was never taken, we wouldn't even know the story of D-Day. We wouldn't know of the great things that our men and women fighting for our country have done without the risk that they take. We, we can sit there and we can, we can have our soldiers just hide back if that's what we want, but we'll never hear the compelling stories of our great nation and these men and women who serve our great nation, right? Because why? History does not repeat the stories of laziness and reluctancy. History repeats the stories of risk. And if you want to leave a legacy for your children and for your grandchildren, you've got to be a person who takes risk. Legacy will demand a risk. We can sit there and we can hide it all you want, And you can deal with the punishment of that and you will leave no legacy behind. But man, if you want a legacy, a story, you could say it this way, worth telling. Take the risk because a risk has a foundation of faith and faith has a foundation on who Jesus is. I can trust him. Someone needs to hear this this morning. The Bible promises us that he holds us securely in his hands and the evil one cannot touch us. If we have that type of protection, why are we not taking the risk? Why are we not stepping out of our comfort zone and offering back to God what he has so freely given to us? If I know him, I can trust him. If I can trust him, I can step out and take the risk for him. So in living my purpose, I must, again, here we go. Number one, stop comparing. Number two, develop a healthy work ethic. And three, have a clear view of who God is. Again, your purpose is to declare the gospel. You set the scene. All these years ago, when Chris and I got married, Idaho wasn't in our sights. I, Idaho wasn't even really a thought at the time. We just knew Pastor Stan and Chris lived there. That does like all I really knew. And I barely even knew Pastor Stan and Chris, right? Chris, actually, she did the, our wedding photos. So if you get on Facebook and you'll see our wedding photos from those years ago, uh, that's from Pastor Chris. So thank you, Pastor Chris. I appreciate it. But Idaho wasn't in our sights, but we believe that God had a purpose. God had a plan. And I didn't know what tomorrow held, but today I was gonna serve him. And by serving him, it has led me to a place with Kristen and our two kids where we've never felt so at home. Why? Because I determined years ago, today I will serve him. Before I was even married to Kristen, I determined today I will serve him. 
Today I will serve him. I'm gonna wake up, I'm gonna go to bed, I'm gonna wake up, I'm gonna serve him, I'm gonna repeat. Go to bed, wake up, serve him, repeat. I am joined to serve Jesus today, right? I believe it's no accident that God has you living in CUNA, attending this church under our pastor. I believe it's no accident that God has prepared you and planned a destiny and a purpose for you to live in this great city and be involved with these great people. It is no accident. God has a plan. He had a plan and he has a plan. And it's about time that I say, you know what? I'm not gonna compare. I'm not gonna complain about it. I'm gonna say, God, what do you have for me? And today I will serve you. And tomorrow when I wake up, I'm gonna serve you again. And I believe you're gonna open a door. And again, it starts small. God, would you just ask, God, would you give me something to serve you in today? God, would you give me an opportunity to arise to an occasion at work today where I can speak truth, solve the problem and give you the glory for it? That's who the people of God are called to be, people of purpose, serve him, serve others. If I could have every head bowed, every eye closed across this room right now. Now, you're in this room and you say, you know what? Yeah, I have not been living for God. I've not been following any type of purpose that he has. And you say, serve him every day. No, I've, I've never served him on any day. And that's you in this room. Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. And I believe that God is extending his love and his grace to you right now. And if that's you in this room, you say, you know, I need to repent and turn from my ways. I need to give my heart to him. I need, I need to repent of my sin and say, God, I'm, I, today I'm gonna serve you. Like, I, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but tomorrow when it comes, I will serve you then too. And if that's you and you're in this room, would you do me a favor and please raise your hand real fast? Anybody? Oh, wait. Awesome. Well, I trust that we're all right with God. I didn't see any hands unless you want to shoot it up really high so I make sure. Thank you. Thank you for that hand. Thank you. I'm glad I did that. We're a family here. I'm just asking everyone to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Father in heaven, I ask you to forgive me. I've done wrong and I've been wrong. But today, I'm gonna serve you. And the rest of my days, I'm gonna serve you. Jesus, my life is yours. And I'll do what you ask. Because Jesus, you are my Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we give a shout of praise for that person? Celebrate with them. That is awesome. Best decision you'll ever make. Makes me so pumped, so excited. Uh, but hey, we appreciate everyone so very much. I hope you get to enjoy the extra hour that we already lived. But either way, and go enjoy that hour. I love you guys so much. We hope to see you Wednesday night for midweek at 7.05. Uh, and also, don't forget life groups next week. Get plugged in with the life group. Those, those feasts and those things are gonna be so much fun. God bless you guys. Have a great rest of your day. Love you so much. Peace out, homie.